Hello everyone and welcome to Dead Talk. Hello. This is episode 16? Yes, I believe it is, yes. I'm sure I just saw 15 on my little recordings there. We, like, ask every single time. Every single time we record, it's a question and I should know. No, we just hit record and do no preparation beforehand. Absolute fuck all. So this episode is a little bit different than usual. Obviously... There is no way we are coming on to record this episode. Not not only without acknowledging what's going on, um, but we didn't feel comfortable uploading a podcast that didn't help to the discourse going on right now about um, injustices to the black community. I know Alex agrees. Correct, correct. Yeah, uh, we, I mean, we went back and forth of what we were even going to do to begin with. We went back and forth about what we were going to do, but we went back and forth about even uploading this week because I know that there's a lot of conversation about uplifting black voices, and that's absolutely true. I think we both recognise that, but also we thought what we could do is use what we do here, which is tell stories, essentially at its simplest form. We tell stories and we thought, why not use our platform, our podcast, to highlight a story that only sheds more light onto what's going on right now. Yeah. It's my turn this episode... And I'm going to be telling um, a story about one of the most horrific cases that happened in US history, and that is of George Stinney. So I know you've definitely heard of this, haven't you? Yes, yes, I've heard, I've heard of this one before. Yeah. So if you haven't heard about this story, this is about the youngest person in the US to ever be um, executed by capital punishment. Um, so I'm just going to jump right into it. So in 1944... 14-year-old George Stinney was executed for the murder of two white girls in the town of Alkaloo, South Carolina. Um, And then he was exonerated 70 years later, which is absolutely fucking awful. But let's start at the start with the crime. So 11-year-old Betty June Binnaker and 7-year-old Mary Emma Thames were found dead near a lumber plant in Alkaloo. I tried to Google what a lumber plant was, but I honestly couldn't find it. Do you know what a lumber plant is? A lumber plant? Is it like a plant in the sense of like a nuclear plant, but it's for lumber? Yeah, yeah. It's gonna have to be going like obviously. I'm thinking lumberjack, and I'm thinking right. wood. So I'm thinking they cut. I think wood. you're on the right track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a big plant, and they like they cut the wood. I think so. Yeah, it must be like a kind of uh, like a you know in like old timey cartoons and stuff, and they had that. It was like a machine, and it was like a drrr, like a blade, and you would put like a tree on it, and it would drrr, cut the it's tree. A wood like chipper. That. A wood chipper. I bet they do all that at the lumber plant. Whatever it was, so they were found near a, a lumber plant in Alkaloo in March of 1944. Um, after they had not returned home the night before. So the girls were last seen riding their bicycles looking for flowers. So let me give a little background information about George. George Stinney lived with his mum and dad and four siblings. Um, Alkaloo was a very small working class mill town where the white and black neighbourhoods were divided by railroad tracks which I feel like you hear that quite a lot. Like I'm trying to think of there's something I watched really recently and it was somebody, the character in it was um, from a poorer family and they said, oh, I live on the wrong side of the tracks. Oh, yeah, that's like a phrase. I live on the wrong yeah. side. Oh, so that must be where it comes from. That's what I'm saying, though, is that, that it's it's a very, must be a very common thing. I'm trying to think where that came from, but anyway, there's no point in me sitting here thinking about it. But yeah, the white and black neighbourhoods were divided by railroad tracks um, and the Stinnies lived in council housing. So, and they were black. And yeah, obviously, sorry, they were black. 
1944, you know, I'm sure it's no surprise to everyone set the scene. Schools were segregated. There were churches for white people, churches for black people. Um, and there's minimal crossover of the two races in any public settings, really. You know, 1944 is the time of segregation. All of that was in place. George's father, was he was called George Sr., he worked in the sawmill. Um, and he actually helped search for Betty, June and Mary when the police were investigating and when they were searching for the girls. When the girls were found, it was obvious that they had been beaten with a weapon reported to be something blunt. Both girls experienced blunt force trauma to their face and their head. So keep in mind, with everything I say here about the bodies of the girls, the trauma that is being reported, this is meant to be done by a 14-year-old boy. I actually thought he was even younger than that. No, I know, I did too. Um, Why did I think that? But he's 14 years old, and I'll get into it, but I mean, I'm only going to get angrier as I say this as I go on, and I don't want to get ahead of myself. But 14 years old, 5 foot 1 and 90 pounds, like tiny boy. But anyway, mm. again, I'm not going to get ahead of myself here. The two girls had actually cycled past George's house and asked him and his sister, Amy, if they knew where they could find passion flowers, which were flowers that were common in that town. Both girls' skulls had been punctured and reports vary on what the purposed weapon was. But police, police officers say it must have been from an inflicted by a blunt instrument with a round head about the size of a hammer. So it was right, basically okay. basically just presumed a hammer. Yeah. No sexual assault was reported. However, the genitalia of one of the girls was bruised. But oh my God. from what they took from it, it didn't signify sexual assault, basically. Okay. So George and his older brother Johnny were arrested on suspicion of the murder. Johnny was released, but George was not and was held in police custody. So starting off with the aspects of this case and more more actually the the aspects of the investigation, this is the very first point in which this was just dealt with one, I'm not even gonna say horrifically, illegally, and completely mistreated in like being held. So he wasn't allowed to see his parents until after his trial and conviction. Mm-hmm. And he was confined in police custody for 81 days. It's a 14-year-old boy not able to see his parents um, while in custody, which is fucking awful. So H.S. Newman was the arresting officer and stated, I arrested a boy the name of George Stinney. He then made a confession and told me where to find a piece of iron about 15 inches long, where he said he put it in a ditch about six feet from the bicycle. There was no written confession signed by George that's not known to even exist at all. George later claimed that the arresting officers starved him and bribed him into confessing with food. Like, that's I mean, like barbaric, like animalistic tactics. It's... Yeah, I know. What do you say? Yeah, I don't even know. The idea that, like, they have the custody of a child and they're trying to, obviously, let's just call a spade a spade coerce a confession out of a child so they are bribing him with food when he is being starved it's just horrific it's absolutely like the i know this is so dumb saying this i know this is so dumb with what's going on and the most minimal statement of what i don't know every time i want to say something i'm worrying that i'm just like what am i saying that's any different than anyone else but whatever i don't care if i'm repeating what everyone else is saying then do you know what i'm just another voice and to make it louder but it's just so upsetting to think not only a child but the one system that we have in place that's meant to carry out justice is just not only okay they haven't quite done what they're meant to do but using such disgusting tactics 
on a child is, and I'm sure this is what a lot of people and the, maybe the shared emotion right now going on, but it makes you feel so fucking hopeless for the system that in which we're meant to trust. I mean, that's the whole point. It's like the entire system was built up that way. So in my humble opinion, very humble opinion, mm-hmm. it's not just people are, you know, calling for the police need training and they need this and that. There's no way that you're going to train someone like that in a system like that that was built on that very violence against black people that we still hear about to this day in 2020. There's no way that you can just do a little bit of training and, oh, maybe do the... The whole thing needs to be abolished because it literally... I mean, the American police system came from the runaway slave patrol. That's where the police came from. That's where they started off and that's where... To be honest, they still are to this day. So there's 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 just no way that you can just, you know, do a little bit of adjustment to the very system that's upholding this entire thing. They're doing exactly what they're paid to do. That's why it's yeah. not changing. Yeah, I agree with what... I totally agree with what you're saying. And in every sense, what needs to happen is like... And what's been happening is so horrific that the only resolution is that the current system is literally burned to the ground so that it can be reborn as something completely new. Yeah. Right, so let me continue on, because <laughs> I can guarantee you we are at the start and my anger level is 0.1. Um, I'm literally, I'm shaking already. Yeah, I know. Well, good, we should be angry. So, information that people seem to deem fucking relevant, but let's be real, it was just to build a profile in the media about George, was that he had gotten into fights in school, including a fight oh. where he had scratched a girl with a knife. Um, he was known as a bully in school, claimed by people later who he went to school with, and just in my notes here in capital letters, doesn't making him a fucking murderer, plain and simple. Um, it's just, and it's it's funny because literally, literally the, people like to think we're so moved on from you know people say oh well it's not like it was in the fifties or what like people say that literally the exact same things are like that are being used today like when someone comes out like when when uh, Michael Brown was murdered. It came out, oh, well, you know, he, was, he wasn't an angel and this and this. Like, it's like, so they deserve to be murdered in cold blood? Is exactly. that what that means? Maybe because exactly. they've made some mistakes in their youth? Like, every fucking person that's ever existed? Also, just plain and simple, absolutely fucking irrelevant. Like, take that shit out of the news. That means nothing to this. It's, just, it's so... It's so just, like, we know what you're doing. Like, yeah. the... The only thing you're doing by providing that information is you're trying to say that this child should have been killed. Yeah, oh no, 100%. That's it. 100%. You're not reporting the news, you're not. I don't care no. if you're doing it in a journalistic sense. All you're doing is just digging that kid's grave. So if, yeah. I mean, if you want to live like that with that blood in your hands, go right ahead, but don't pretend like you're doing anything else. Well, to flip it on its head, you know, it's done in, it's done in the reverse way as well, with Brock Turner being a fucking amazing swimmer what the fuck does that have to do with anything <laughs> but, Lucy, but, he, but he swims so do you know well what? so he's he allowed does to do swim what he wants. really well he does swim yeah. really well oh so you know what but when he gets in that pool <laughs> oh you'd absolutely forget about all the rapes once you see him jump in that damn pool fucking hell god nah. i know <sighs> correct yeah i mean it's so transparent the way that different crimes by different people are reported on and i just think i think maybe people are starting to become a little bit more 
in tune with that now but there's still an overwhelming amount of people that are just like you know they don't even realize that they're reading propaganda or copaganda as you might say oh yes but like it's 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 just trans it's so transparent of their bias in the media like you're not even hiding it anymore like it's just dumb oh he may be yeah and what was it like when um like when mike brown was killed the whole thing was well he stole from the shop and what even if he did steal from the shop are you like literally there was like a kid in my high school that used to steal from the shop all the time and we'd buy reduced goods from him does that mean that kid should have been shot in the street and no and i bet your fucking little friend who's let me guess white as shit was an entrepreneur correct correct yeah i'm sure it was looked as it wasn't that smart they did but literally oh my god there's nothing that can justify that do you know what would be interesting is for every journalist that writes about mike brown anyone else about in this in this scenario and says any previous crime that they've done i would i would absolutely love you to tell me the worst thing that you've done and would you like that to be out there and would you like that to be linked to your your suspicion of murder of like you being suspected of murder fuck off he stole so have i okay i stole mascara from boots do i want that does that have any relevance to anything no. yeah exactly like we've all done dumb shit in our lives it's just that some people don't get a death sentence out of it oh my god yeah exactly Th- well, that's the difference plain and fucking simple anyway right i hate i hate this bitch i fucking hate this bitch a white okay. woman in 2014 who remembered George Stinney from her childhood keep in mind 2014 he's already been fucking dead a long time white woman remembered Stinney from her childhood and said that he had threatened to kill her and her friend the day before the murder fuck off no he didn't when was this when was this sorry she said this in 2014 (laughs) you're right no I'm actually not okay let me let me break it down really quick right please do homegirl if he threatened to kill you and your friend the day before, right? I th- one, I threatened to kill Alex Daly, but correct, correct. But that's my point: is he's fucking fourteen. Like, I threatened to kill anyone who wasn't Team Edward when I was fourteen, and rightfully so, Lucy. And rightfully fucking so. To, to completely, you know, I'm I'm not trying to make light of this, but no. To tell to tell the media in 2014. So let's let's put that into fucking perspective. 70 years since this boy has died, right? Since this boy has been murdered by the government, this woman Correct. decides to say, "Oh, he threatened to kill me and my friend the day before the murder." Take a fucking day off. Yeah. First of all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just so you know, Alex went first of all and looked as if she was going to smack her skull clean off the wall. <laughs> Yeah, so second of all... Second of all, why why, why even come out with that if you're not just wanting to piss on a 14-year-old kid's grave? Child. Child's grave. Mm-hmm. It's- Literally. What, what's, 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 what's going on in her fucking dumb cunt head that she's thinking, you know what would be so fun if I just came out and said that today? What the fuck is going on in your head that you think that that's going to be, like, effective or helpful Mm -hmm. or bringing any kind of good into the world? I can't wrap my head around that. It's just fucking gross. Like, it's just gross. (laughs) So... Following George's arrest, his father lost his job at the sawmill and the family had to immediately vacate their house. Because obviously, keep in mind that their home is council-owned. So, you know, whoever says fuck off says fuck off and they fuck off. 
Um, Jesus Christ. He was detained in a county jail in Colombia, which was 50 miles away from his parents. They said it was due to the risk of lynching, which, you know, it's 1944. I'm not that fucking surprised. Um, that would be a risk. But 50 miles away from their parents uh, doesn't sit right with me for a 14-year-old child. But sure, go ahead. Stinney was questioned alone without parents nor an attorney or legal counsel. Mm. Which is... Why would he? Yeah, why fucking would he? This is, at, and no surprise to anyone, in direct breach of the Sixth Amendment in which this guarantees legal counsel. However, only after 1963 was it explicitly required that there must be representation through the, throughout the course of a criminal, right. criminal proceedings. Um, and that was made famous after a case... I, I, it was Gideon versus something. I haven't looked it up. I can't remember, but it was made famous because of that case. Oh, um, what is that? Because I think I know what you're talking about as well. Yeah. That's going to annoy me. Gideon versus somebody. I can't remember. But yeah, only after 1963, which was like almost 20 years after this, um, right. it was explicitly required that it was there was representation throughout the course of criminal proceedings. So let's move on to the trial itself. The entire proceeding against Stinney including jury selection, took one fucking day. One day. Stinney's court-appointed defence counsel was Charles Plowden, in brackets, and very relevant, white. Um, yep. But do you know what the jury was? All white. All white, yeah. I'll get to that, and I'll explain the significance of why and how. So Charles Plowden, his defence was white and was actually campaigning for election for local office. So... I'm just going to put it out there. Why the fuck would he oppose what the public clearly wanted to happen in this case? Correct, correct. So Plowden did not challenge the three police officers at all who testified that George confessed to the murders, despite this being the only evidence that they had against him was George's coerced confession. That was the only evidence they had. He didn't challenge the fact that the prosecution's presentation of two differing versions of Stinney's verbal confession were apparent. There was two versions in the presentation. Right. Um, one version, Stinney was attacked by the girls after they tried to help one girl who had fallen in the ditch and he killed them in self-defence. And then in the other version, it completely contradicts that and it says that he had purposely followed them from a distance away from the scene um, and attacked Mary Emma first and then Betty June. There was categorically no physical evidence linking him to the murders. There was no written record of Stinney's confession apart from the statement by the deputy, H.S. Newman. Yeah, and if there's there's anyone I trust in this life, it's a deputy. If there's anyone that I trust in 1944 on the execution of a black child, it's a white deputy. Yeah, or in 2020. <laughs> Listen, girl, or right fucking now, how about that? Or, or literally, probably yesterday, to be honest. Yeah, probably. Um, Stinney's trial had, and I've put in brackets, you won't believe this, an all-white jury. Shocker. No. Um, just in case, for context, at the time, to be in the jury, you had to be a voter, and black people weren't allowed to vote. If Context, and I'm sure this is obvious to a lot of people, the way that everybody got away with shit, especially back then, with um, having no black jurors, this pretty much sums up everything. It's not that black people couldn't be on the jury. It's, oh, well, uh, you have to be a registered voter to be on the jury. And, well, black people can't vote. So I, I don't know, I guess, like, you can't, sorry. I'm like, okay, black people got the vote. But, like, 
um, sorry, this polling station's closed today. Like, it was just that shit, wasn't it? Yeah, and again, linking it to today, it's like voter suppression in predominantly black areas. Oh, yeah. Happens, it's, happens to this day. In, diff- in tons of different ways. Whatever they can come up with, they'll do it to get them out of registering to vote. Yeah, 100%. Like, I, I, obviously I won't name who this is, but I, I have a lot of friends in the US um, because I, I used to live in the US. And um, I mean, sorry, I mean, I've got a lot of friends on social media. I don't have a lot of friends, but I... <laughs> yeah, I think um, we all knew that. It's okay. Ooh, let's take that one back. No, yep. so I... I have a lot of people on social media from the US and during this time it has been so eye-opening yes so during this time having these people on my social media it's been really eye-opening and being a bit of an insight to like what the the tone in the US like okay granted there are there are things to acknowledge I lived in the east coast um New England so different from other places in the US and I only have a snippet of what's going on. I'm not saying in any fucking shape or form I know the tone of the whole of US. It's not true. But so even in response to me just saying there, you know, I, I lived in New England in the East Coast, which is pretty resounding um, liberal. It absolutely is compared to like the South or should be. Um, Rhode Island, where I lived, was one of the first states to legalise gay marriage. But anyway, I saw a post by a girl um, that I had... I got sent a post by a girl in Rhode Island from Instagram and basically she was just condemning the actions of black people right now and the protests and the looting and stuff and talking about how someone that she knew who was black um, had made it and was in the police force or some shit like that. And this is the frustrating part and what we're saying there is I think people think opportunities are open to all and yes, you are not going to walk into a job interview yeah. and someone say in front of your face, no, you're not getting it because you're black. That's not it. Nobody's been saying that. Yeah, They've never exactly. been saying that. But Lucy, it's, if it's not overt racism, then they then it's not racism to, to like the, your classic white liberal. You know what I mean? It's just so, so ignorant. So ignorant to think. And it's this is what this whole story is about, is systemic racism. And this is more even obvious than what I'm talking about there of like, how can you expect opportunities to be equal when the funding in neighbourhoods of black neighbourhoods isn't the same? The education, So the funding's not the same, so then the education's not the same because the teachers aren't paid enough. There's not enough funding in the schools, and you expect them to be... On a level playing uh, field. On a level playing field, absolutely. But, but Lucy, they've got affirmative action. So actually, <laughs> it's black people that are privileged. You're, Lucy, you know did you what? not know that? Thank God you fucking said it, because I know... That's the truth, isn't it? Of course. <sighs> that's the that's that's what no one wants to talk about, you know. <laughs> yeah, no one you know? wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to talk about that. The black people in America are the ones that are living the high life. Clearly. Oh my god. Oh my god. They're. I mean, they get everything handed to them on a silver platter. What are you moaning about? Jesus. Anyway, right. Like okay. I said, the whole jury was white, um, because to be in the jury you had to be a voter, and black people couldn't vote at this time. Um, more than a thousand white people crowded into the courtroom to what? watch the trial because that's how we like to be entertained is what we say and Jesus no Christ black... that must be a big courtroom well I think they're all crammed in my god like, people stand and whatever um, no black people were allowed in the courtroom at all um, mm-hmm. so the prosecutors called three witnesses we had Reverend Francis Batson 
He was the man who discovered the bodies of the two girls. And then the other two witnesses were two doctors who performed the post-mortem examination. Okay. The court allowed the discussion... I don't know why, like, this gets me so upset. Like, 14 years old, man. The court allowed the discussion of the possibility of rape, although there was no medical examiner report... Sorry, the, the medical examiner report had zero evidence to support this and they're just allowed to discuss it and this 14-year-old boy sitting there. Ugh, it's fucking... Like, I, like, spoilers, he gets like, executed and I'm crying at this. Right, anyway. Stinney's counsel did not call any witnesses. He did not cross... cross Jesus, my heart is beating so fast. Stinney's counsel did not call any witnesses and did not cross-examine witnesses uh, from the prosecution and offered little to no defence at all. Uh, keep in mind what I said earlier, the def- defence for Stinney was some guy trying to get in fucking office and lick the boots off every single fucking cop that was called as a witness. Mm-hmm. The trial presentation, so that is the presentation, the arguments that um, the prosecution and the defence make lasted yes. two and a half hours. Um, and I did a little con- did a little research for context. Jeffrey Dahmer, who was a fucking absolute monster and very obvious monster. Yeah. No, to be fair, like, I guess he killed a lot more people for, for argument's sake, so maybe more to go over. But for context, Jeffrey Dahmer's entire trial lasted two weeks. Um, yeah. And the presentation of argument only lasted two and a half hours in this one. The jury deliberated on the fate of a 14-year-old boy's life for 10 minutes. 10 minutes they decided um, what should have been done. And... On average, again, I looked this up, juries deliberate for... And this is on average. This isn't even on... It's not even on average for a murder case of this high profile. Um, But on average, juries deliberate for two and a half hours and this jury decided, uh, like I said, the fate of a 14-year-old boy's life in 10 minutes. The judge, Philip H. Stoll, and you guessed it fucking right, he is white as a porcelain fucking bog. He sentenced Stinney to death by electrocution. There is no transcript for this trial available and no appeal was filed by his defence attorney. Stinney's family, the, the churches of his family, and the NAACP, which is the National Association for the Advancement of Coloured People, appealed to Governor Olin D. Johnston for clemency, which is leniency on the boy's sentence. Right. They appealed for this given the age of George. And I'm going to read the response that the governor gave. This is highly upsetting so trigger warning it may be interesting for you to know that Stinney killed the smaller girl to rape the larger one then he killed the larger girl and raped her dead body 20 minutes later he returned to rape her again but her body was too cold all of this he admitted himself which if it's not obvious is so fucking irresponsible of a governor (sighs) to say that from even if he did say all this and know fine fucking well, this 14-year-old child, there is no way in hell that this com- this confession, this I'm going to quote-unquote confession, is cemented in any truth. It's just disgusting to say that. To say, you know, when I say that quote, it doesn't sound like you're talking about a child. No, because say, in his eyes, like, he's not talking about a child. No, he's not. He's talking about a black man. Yeah. He literally says, it may be interesting for you to know 
then he killed the smaller girl to rape the larger one. And then he killed the larger girl and raped her body. 20 minutes later, he returned to rape again, but her body was too cold. This is a fucking child you're talking about. Yeah. A child. Oh, anyway. And, it's, and it's, just, it's just purely using... It's like using shock value. It's like, well, I said rape, so you can't get mad at me. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, are you saying it's fine that I raped that girl? Like, that's literally what he's trying to use yeah. that as. And, like, what's your response to that? Yeah. Between Stinney's arrest and his execution... George was George's parents were allowed to see him once, which is horrifying. And then on to George's execution. George Stinney was executed at the Central Correctional Institute of Columbia um, in South Carolina on June 16, 1944 at 7.30pm. He was 14 years old. At 7.25, standing only 5 foot 1 and weighing just over 90 pounds, Three officers approached the cell where George was being held. The officers escorted him to the execution chair where they used a Bible George had been carrying as a booster seat because he was too small for the chair. George was then restrained by his arms, legs and body to the chair. His father was allowed to approach George to say his final words to his son. George was asked if he had any last words and he just shook his head. He whimpered and took deep breaths as one of the officers pulled a strap from the electric chair and placed it over his mouth, causing George to break into tears. They then placed the face mask over his face, which didn't fit him. He continued sobbing. When the lethal electricity was applied, the mask covering George's face slipped, revealing George's burned scalp and tears streaming down his face and saliva dripping from his mouth. Stinney was declared dead after eight minutes. His teeth were smoking and he had one eye missing. He was buried in an unmarked grave in Sumter, South Carolina. (laughs) It's just so... Just to absolutely clarify to make sure it's obvious, um, I wanted to put that in there as as uncomfortable as it is, as uncomfortable and upsetting as that was to read. It's... Again, I'm not saying anything that anybody probably hasn't said before, but it's something cannot be forgotten, and that applies to everything that's going on right now. Yeah. You're right. No, I'm not okay. I know, I know. Um, so, his exoneration. In 2004, George Frierson, who we're going to come to find, is an absolute fucking hero. He was a local historian who grew up in Alkaloo. He started researching the case after reading a newspaper article about it. His work gained the attention of South Carolina lawyers, um, Steve McKenzie and Matt Burgess. In addition, Ray Brown and an attorney, James Moon, and others contributed countless hours of research and review of these historical documents, and they found witnesses and evidence to assist in exonerating Stinney. So they put hours and hours of work into making sure 60 years after this boy was executed um, that he was exonerated for his crime, as he fucking should be. Um, Among those who aided the case were the Civil Rights and Restorative Justice Project, the CRRJ, at North- Northeastern University School of Law. They filed the exoneration to the court in 2014, so 10 years after the work even started, to try and get George exonerated. Mackenzie and Burgess, along with the attorney Ray Chandler, representing Stinney's family, filed a motion for the new trial on October 25th, tw- 2013. This is a quote that I'm going to read from Steve Mackenzie, so he's one of the lawyers that I just mentioned. If we can get the case reopened, we can go to the judge and say there wasn't any reason to convict this child. There's no evidence to present to the jury. There was no transcript. This case needs to be reopened. This is an injustice that needs to be righted. 
I'm pretty optimistic that if we can get the witnesses we need to come forward, we will be successful. George Fearson stated in interviews, there has been a person that has been named as being the culprit who is now deceased, but it was said by the family that there was a death, deathbed confession by this man, which is horrifying to know that somebody like this happened to a 14-year-old child and knowing fine fucking well they did it. Yeah. Um, Frearson said that the rumoured culprit came from a well-known, prominent white family and even so that the members of the family had served on the initial coroner's inquest jury which had recommended Stinney to be prosecuted. So just when you think you've, you've identified all the veins of the systemic racism within this case, there's another one that pops up. Yeah. The exoneration came from mostly the fact that the only compelling evidence was a confession that in these days would absolutely be identified as coerced. I say that, actually, if I can take back that sentence. Yeah. These days would absolutely be identified as coerced. Should have been identified as coerced in those days. There's no, for me, absolutely no um, justification of those days. Uh, there's not. Unrecorded, unsigned confession by a sleep and food deprived 14 year old with no legal counsel present is nothing that should be standing in court. New evidence in the January 2014 hearing also included one of the George's siblings, one of George's siblings, sorry, testifying that they were there with him during the time of the murders and therefore thus couldn't have committed it. Yeah. There was also an affidavit from the Reverend who said that when he pulled the girls out of the water, out of the water-filled ditch, sorry, there was little blood um, in the scene surrounding them which suggested that they could have been killed somewhere else and moved. Yeah. On December 17th, 2014, Judge Carmen Mullen vacated Stinney's conviction. She ruled that he hadn't received a fair trial, his Sixth Amendment right had been violated, and his defence did not serve him fairly or justly. The judge rules his confession was most likely coerced and thus inadmissible. She also, I mean, this is the biggest fucking understatement in the world, but I'm guessing it's in legal terms or whatever. She also found that his execution constituted as cruel and unusual punishment. Yeah. And I'm going to finish the notes and everything I have on this with a quote from Judge Mullen that says, no one can justify a 14-year-old child charged, tried, convicted and executed in some 80 days. She concluded saying, in essence, not much was done for this child when his life lay in the balance. Nobody stood up for him. (sighs) And that is the story of the injustice of George Stinney's life, essentially. Yeah. Well... Basically, we're talking about a story like that one just to, I mean, number one, show you what the justice system has been based on since it's, like, for its entire, the entire timeline that it's been about. And just, I mean, the fact that that wasn't even long ago. No. No. In terms of human history. And for people to think that we're at a completely different place. Like, what, what we're taught, like, speaking from someone who went to a UK school, what we're pretty much taught in the UK about racism in America is we're taught about slavery, then we're taught about the civil rights movement and Martin Luther King, and then it's pretty much like, and then racism was over. Yeah, I was just about you know to what say, I mean? what, what we're taught to sum it up is that it's gone. Like, and, th- and now we have racial equality, because like we've said before, if it's not overt racism, and white people can go to bed with a clear conscience because of that that's what like society has led us to believe is that if someone's not getting called the n-word and getting attacked in the middle of the street 
then it's not actually racism. And what bugs me so much is people literally uphold white supremacy in their everyday lives, but they they don't even realise it. No. Because, like, they'll, they'll say racist jokes and they'll make racist comments that, but if you were to call them out on it, they'd be like, oh, well, I'm not being racist. Like, they literally have made themselves believe that the things they're saying aren't hurting an entire group of people. Well, that's, that's the problem in the sense of when you start with a child's education and you tell them, okay, do you know what? Oh, uh, let's put our hands up. Fucking hell. See that? Like, slavery shit. That was the worst ever. When you say, that's it, though. Like, when you say, all right, well, look how bad these people were. Look how bad these people, who are not us, were yeah. to black people. And Correct. racism, racism, fuck, that shit was, like, bad. But mind when, like, it was abolished? And, like, remember when, like, it was fixed? Happy ending. We're all good now. When you Yeah. Oh, how did the civil rights movement end again? Martin Luther King wasn't killed or anything, was he? No. No, no he wasn't killed for the shit he was saying. Everyone was happy. When you restrict your education to purely telling children that it finished at a certain point and that thus there is no way, there is no way that you can be racist now unless you... Like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but racism doesn't not exist now. It's translated into something else. And when we tell our children that it's gone and that it ceased to exist at a certain point because because x y and z points were hit it's like like, let's be real let's be real the 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 issue in which we're facing right now with cops killing black people is because at the core of it they believe they're better than them they believe that they are not on the same they are not equal to them no they believe that they're not they believe that these people are not equal to them and it's like there is a there is a disconnect right now but like because there's excuse after excuse there's oh i'm i'm so fucking sorry i shot this black kid um, that I pulled over because I thought he was reaching for his gun. That's not, it's not good enough anymore. Because if that was the case, why is it only happening to black people? Why is it, sir? Why is it only happening in flocks more to black people? Yeah, it's just like growing up, like the fact that people, and we're not. I'm going to say it right here now. We're not pinning this all on the US either and I hate when people do that. Oh, no. I hate when people no. act like they think they're doing the right thing and they're like, God, the USA is so fucked up, right? Like I saw I saw a dumb fucking Facebook post the other day where it was like talking about like the clocks going ahead or something like that. And then it was like, oh and America's stuck in nineteen forty two. It's like, no no, you can't just be like, oh, you know, it's it's our bad cousin overseas, America. Like Britain is has been complicit in this from the very fucking beginning and in that post it said something about australia i'm like do you know how oh fucking bad they treat their indigenous community uh, do in you australia? know what australia's built on of the, like absolute like eradication of aborigine people like fuck off like it's actually it's so and again it goes along with that white liberal if i close my eyes then i can go to bed at night because i'm trying to pre- pretend like i'm i'm not complicit and you know what yeah. every single white person in this fucking world is complicit mm-hmm. in this and the sooner you get over yourself and stop acting like that's an a, that's an attack 
against you that's not justified, then the sooner that we can come to some kind of conclusion where black people aren't living literally every single day of their lives in fear because we've got a whole stock of reasons why a black person has been killed by either a citizen or a police officer for literally the most inane kind of stuff. When, I, when I'm when i out walking by myself, there's, there's no point in my head if a police car were to go by that I think this could be like a problem here. Or I don't even think last, about it. This, the last seconds of my life. Like, that's not something that I would ever ever think and ever couldn't even conceptualize it i can't even imagine that fear so the fact that that i get to live my life like that is is just insanity to me and someone else could go out and just do the most basic of human activities like go to the shops and then their life's over like that yeah i think we're gonna wrap up here i really hope that if you hadn't heard that story before that you learned something today about george stinney and about that case i hope that this episode can only just be a resource of education to add to the to the discourse going on right now we don't claim to be speaking on behalf of anybody and um, we're just trying to do with our podcast what we can on our facebook page and our instagram we are going to be posting uh, links to donations donation links that you can use and help um support because uh, I know for a fact that we're going to be posting um, on the story, there'll be a button for the Minnesota Bail Fund. Um, if you want to go in there and donate, absolutely amazing. On our Facebook, we'll be posting links throughout the week, loads of different links that you can use to help support. And I know everybody's seen these. I know everybody's seen these. Um, and if you haven't, then you can go into our page and we'll be posting some. And also we'll just be sharing as much content and information that we can on our stories to help spread more awareness and education and bring forth some more perspectives especially from some of the amazing black voices that we're we're hearing right now but thank you so much for listening to this but if you want to see if you want to see the resources we're talking about you can go to um dead talk podcast on instagram and facebook yeah um what i'd like to say as like a closing little statement is it's great to see so many people really like you said uplift black voices you know share these links but let's not stop momentum at any point like i'm putting myself in that and in in that bracket as well but there's there's no way that i've done anything close to enough to really dismantle this kind of white supremacy that we see in our lives every single day there I've, yeah. I've not done enough and i'm doing a lot right now but again i think a lot of people are anyway so it's what we need to do is we need to continue doing you know really raising our game with this in the future and don't just be like oh well i did it for a week you know i've done my part we really yeah. need to just continue doing this basically until you know until we croak i'm enraged yeah. lucy okay I hear you. We're all enraged. That's why we're here. Thank you for listening. I've been Lucy Webb. I've been Alex Carr. Goodbye. Goodbye.